Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Talos Takes. I'm your host, Nick Biasini. Today, I am joined by Vanya Spicer, who recently wrote a blog on how we've seen office documents and office things be abused in the post-macro world. Uh, Vanya, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Nick. It's good to be here. So you did publish that blog recently, and Microsoft did finally remove default support for macros in Office. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what process you went through and, and what that kind of means? Yeah, so Microsoft basically started rolling out uh, in July this year uh, new versions of Office, which by default will prevent users from opening uh, documents that contain uh, Visual Basic for Application macros. This feature has been present in Office for a very long time, and by default, you would have a warning, uh, which will only, you can simply remove the warning and open any documents with the code in. So from July onwards, in fact, you are unable to do that. And the way Microsoft decided to do it is that, you know, when you download any of the files of the internet, it will also have so-called mark of the web, a specific alternate data stream that allows uh, the operating system to recognize that the file was downloaded from uh, internet. So from now on, in fact, it's going to be almost impossible for users to open a document and run malicious code using Visual Basic for application. Okay, excellent. Uh, and that's good for the threat landscape overall. Um, in your blog, you dig a little bit deeper about how you're starting to see adversaries pivot. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Office add-ins and what you're seeing? Yeah, so so when I saw the announcement, the announcement actually came a bit earlier than they started rolling out. I was thinking, is there any other way? Because, of course, Office applications are almost on every desktop, on every enterprise. And so is there any other way to introduce the code within Office and to keep that code persistent within the Office environment? And this is how I stumbled upon this idea or notion of add-ins. So almost every... Office applications allows you to create add-ins. Traditionally, add-ins can be created in Visual Basic for application itself, but now that that's kind of off the, the cards, there are some other ways how you can introduce third-party code. And one of the files I noticed that the malicious actors are started to use are so-called XLL files. Okay. So XLL files seem like a, a really attractive avenue. Um, can you talk a little bit about the different types of XLLs that you found in your research? Yeah, so I tried and started looking at them going back in the past to, to kind of try to find out what's the trend. I anticipated that the number of uh, malicious documents using Visual Basic applications will go down while we'll, we will see the increase in malicious actors using XLL files. And so there are some good and, and bad results around there. We can, we can talk about it a bit later maybe. But generally what you see is that the uh, actors are starting to experiment with this feature even like maybe a few years ago and then we see like a huge increase in the usage of xl files towards the end of the the last year the interesting way for for the xll for the malicious threat actors is it's they are essentially just the same as dynamic loading libraries standard dlls uh, the only difference is that you need to define certain functions, which will then be called 
by Excel when you double click on that file. So uh, the benefit for the threat actors is they can be used almost in a similar uh, manner to standard Excel documents, because when you double click on that file, that uh, file extension name is uh, associated with Excel and Excel will try to open it. So if you define function, exported function called Excel auto open, it will be called in a similar way like a worksheet open which was used by malicious actors with Visual Basic for applications. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So what types of payloads are we seeing or what types of campaigns are we seeing using this and and how far back? I know you mentioned you saw testing early on, but when was the first time you started seeing more large-scale campaigns coming out? Uh, Yeah, well, I went almost like 10 years back in, in hunting and then I saw how certain actors more like maybe red team members or red teaming are becoming more aware of it and then in the repository such as virus total you see a lot of these hello world type applications at the beginning and then sometimes around 2017 we see more advanced threat actors such as apt10 for example using it they created a fully functional backdoor called Anel. This backdoor is more or less the same as any kind of remote access Trojan, but is delivered in the format of an XLL file. So uh, then we see various attempts, like there are things such as Cobalt Strike. There are uh, other threat actors such as Donut, APT, that started using those XLL files. And then sometimes, like with many of these TTPs, you start uh, seeing commodity actors uh, adopting the same thing. So the two main malware families contributing to the huge increase towards the end of 2021 are Drydex and Formbook, which are generally using for downloading, really, nothing more than that. Yeah, absolutely, as a placeholder for another payload. Uh, So one of the things I really like about this blog is you spend a fair amount of time discussing um, hunting of these files. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that and some of the resources that are available in the blog related to it? Yeah, I specifically concentrated on on two types of XLL files, one that which are completely native XLL files and the other ones which are based on the .NET framework called Excel DNA, which stands for .NET for applications or kind of visual basic for applications. Uh, it's a completely free and open source uh, product which allows the, the developers to essentially write uh, XLLs in any .NET language, such as C-sharp or or VB.NET, which is by default not possible, and it requires some workarounds by that Excel DNA framework. So, and the other ones are essentially the native XLL files, which are created with uh, Excel SDK 2013. So this is just like the Excel SDK provides you with a set of libraries and with a set of include files that exposes uh, the functions of an XLL file to Excel and vice versa. So because the specific reason why uh, XLL files were introduced were to allow the developers to create user-defined functions. So I kind of concentrate on hunting on VirusTotal. Then I try to track how many threat actors are using one or the other 
types and so so I kind of created uh, some search strings which anybody can use and and also provided with the blog post a couple of uh, Yara rules which I use all the way from the beginning when I started uh, doing this research which was a few months ago. Okay, really cool. Thanks again for joining us, Vanya. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight specifically out of the blog? Yeah, perhaps something that that I kind of uh, left out of the blog is that I also tried to find whether the number of malicious documents and malicious Excel files submitted to VirusTotal was going down, as we kind of anticipated when Microsoft introduced this feature. And truth be told, that's not the case. There are still a huge number of malicious maldocs which are using Visual Basic for applications. And likely the reason for that is that not all of the users are on the latest version of the Microsoft Office. So it's very likely we will continue to see the Visual Basic for application Maldocs, even if we see the increase in XLL files. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also lots and lots of pirated versions of Office out there, unfortunately, that are unlikely to get those updates as well. So yeah, it's going to be a problem we're going to have to deal with for a while. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vanya, for taking the time. Uh, We'll talk to you another time. Thanks again for joining us on an episode of Talos Takes, where we'll talk about something else that's top of mind for us. Thanks again, Vanya. Thanks. Thanks.